<laughs> All right, you're good. So uh, yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. I bought the new stand because everybody was talking crap on it, and um, I'm kind of the guy that's like, okay, it's a hundred dollars. I actually bought it used from a guy for ninety bucks and uh, changed it, and I ran it all year, thirty six pack in hunts, and no complaints at all. And that's I'm, that. Uh, six, that's that. I'm hawk. six one. Yeah, I'm six one, one hundred and ninety pounds. So I ran it all year. And I ran it because of the pure fact of just the hatred. I know that they messed up <laughs> on the weight and all the stuff, but I'm just kind of the guy like, man, it's a hundred dollars. Like I got it used for 90 bucks. Can I make it work? And uh, I traded my lone wolf set for a deer mount. <laughs> so, and I planned on buying another lone wolf set. So I was like, I'll, I was like, I'll trade you this. He wanted one, but he didn't have the funds. And he mounts deer. So I was like, well, you know, I'll trade you straight up, you know, mount the deer. I'll throw a hundred bucks in and and you get the, the stand. And he's like, all right, deal. So uh, I was like, well, what am I going to do? So I bought a hawk for a hundred dollars <laughs> and hell, it, it was pretty good. Like I said, 36 hunts and a lot of all day sits. And um, I had to change quite a bit up about it. You know what I mean? But it worked out. So. Dude, I feel like, you know, when you get like to when people bitch about Hawk or people bitch about just like low quality products, you'll like I've done like when you're like researching, like, man, I don't know, different things that you want to buy. And there's a really expensive version. And then there's a non like there's an off brand or not. I'm not saying Hawk is an off brand, but a low cost option. Yeah, low cost brand. yeah. Yeah, it's I feel like it's not necessarily that that low cost, every low cost every unit of those Hawk Heliums or Hawk, I don't even know what that stand is, but it's not like every single unit of that is bad. It's just like the odds that you're, that you might have something happen with that. Something might break or whatever is a little bit higher. Like maybe 80 out of a hundred are good, you know? And, and you got one of those 80 that are good, but there's 20 Mm -hmm. that knows people. It's funny because people don't, People don't go online to write good reviews. People go online to talk shit. Yeah. Well, they, they, at ATA show, they messed up the weight dramatically. They stated that they're going to have one weight and then they came out and it was like 2.8 pounds off or three pounds. It was, it was drastic. It wasn't even close. And uh, (laughs) I lost a lot of that with the ratchet. I made it a cam lock stand. You lose the ratchet, you make it pretty solid. But yeah, just, I, I shoot a mission bow, like the old, you know, when Matthews yeah. made like the off brand. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I shoot. And I've I killed with it this year. I still killed. It's got uh, six Pope and Young's. So I'm like, you know, I, I'm probably going to get a newer bow this year. You get to the point where you're like, I got to put strings on my bow. Is this $400 bow, $300 bow worth $150 strings? <laughs> you have to like weigh, weigh the pros and cons. So I'm probably going to get a new bow this year and, uh, but I'm going to keep it as a backup. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I've always been an off brand, uh, kind of cheap. Can you get it done with this instead of yeah. something really nice, but there's nothing wrong with having the nicest gear. I bought, I bought really expensive late season gear this year because I'm, I'm kind of a puss in cold weather. I don't know. <laughs> I get, I get really cold. And I bought this gear and it was really expensive, but it's got a lifetime warranty and you can talk about all the pros of it, but it's just, I've never, I never got cold this year. So yeah, it, 
did it help me kill a deer? No, but it definitely helped me stay out there a lot longer with the chances of killing one. So. Right. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. And <clears throat> hold on, before we go any further, um, just real quick intro. What's up, everybody? Anthony Heller, Deer Vane, and um, today I got Cody Jenkins from the Whitetail Legacy podcast. Um, and they got a bunch of stuff going on, but anyway, I just wanted to make that intro real quick. So people know who the hell's, (laughs) who the other voices. And if you don't know who I am anyway, um, or if you're new to the podcast, but, uh, yeah, Whitetail Legacy, if you guys don't know that podcast, check it out. Those guys are pretty funny. Um, Cody, yeah, you and you and homie are pretty funny to listen to and, and, and your guests you have on, it's always, it's always good sessions and it's not even always just, uh, like peer tactics or strategies or serious stuff like that. It's a lot of times it's just shooting the shit and it's fun to listen to because you can imagine the exact same conversations between your friend group as well and how they, yeah, (laughs) that was the main goal is just, we, when you, when you start doing stuff that will like, you will get listens or will boss, they're they're like this and we cover this or something. I feel like you're going to start hating it. You know, I mean, eventually, if you're doing something you don't like or you don't want to talk about, you're going to end up hating it. So we just talk about what we want to talk, how we want to talk about it. And yeah. if people listen, awesome. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. and that's that's how we went about that. And that's how we continue to do it. And if it ever gets old or gets tired, we'll just end it. <laughs> you know, what I mean, <laughs> like we'll just yep. be like, all right, we're done. We'll wrap it up. So, right. I'm um, bored. No, yeah, dude. And I, uh, so I did this thing called the whitetail, the deer vein whitetail series, which was, uh, nine, nine podcast episodes, just on like early season tactics across the country, nine for the pre-rut and rut and nine for the late season. And by probably like number five or six, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm asking the same questions and we're going over the same shit. So I'm not saying that it was boring because everybody has a different take on it, but yeah. I totally get what you're saying. And like, we just want to talk about what we want to talk about and when we yeah. want. Yeah. I mean, if you want, if you want to get in a good tactic podcast, I listen to those too. Those are great. Um, but there's gotta, there's gotta be a space for everybody. And sometimes guys want to hear a little tactic, so they just want to hear a story and, um, we're not for everybody. That's for sure. But the people <laughs> that do end up finding us seem to stick around. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's well authenticity, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. We don't know. Uh, we don't act like we know anything. So. Uh, we may have killed a few deer and we know a little bit, but we, you know, we're definitely not a podcast that's going to teach everybody everything they need to know. We're, we're right there learning with you as a guest yeah. talking. No, uh, yeah, that's cool. So yeah, go, if, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to that or, or at least listened to an episode, go check it out. Um, but you were like, one of the things that you were mentioning was, was back to like the gear thing. And that was what, that was one thing I have written down here on the sheet that I was thinking about talking about. And this is kind of a good point is gear. We tried this year that was good or bad, you know? And one of the things about gear is I like, I mean, there's always gear questions right now and there'll be gear questions for the next, you know, four or five months. And especially, you know, in September and August, people will be asking gear questions. And the thing that you mentioned, that's just like so spot on is that like, it doesn't matter if you shoot the Hoyt Carbon Ultra RX what five or whatever they're on, and it's two thousand dollars, or you shoot your grandpa's bow that's been handed down, it's twenty years old, and it slings aluminum arrows at one hundred and fifty feet per second. Like people still kill with that. Oh, yeah. It's 
right? I mean, oh, as yeah. long as you're as long as you're out there trying, man. Yeah, I mean, look how many people are going to trad now. A lot of people are switching over to trad, and they're still killing. If they're a consistent right? killer, they're still killing with trad. You know, I mean, that's that's literally putting, you know, putting like a flintlock in your hand when you had a rifle. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's like right. it's the same kind of thing. And I, if you have drive to drive to kill. And a little bit of the knowledge, not like knowledge of like tactics, I think, just knowledge of the land. I think that's what people miss out on. Number one is they pick tactics like I'm going to hunt the bedding or I'm going to hunt uh, the moon. I'm going to hunt this. And they don't know the land that they're hunting. Right. And that's where they fail. They didn't well, yeah, It's like, I'm going to hunt the bedding. Where's the bedding? Not quite yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm going to get on this buck's bed, you know, and then. Okay, you know that he might be betting there, but well, I jumped him up there. Well, what wind did you jump him up there? You know, that's the, mm -hmm. you know how is he using that betting? That's the things that you need to know about the land. I seen him go in there on a the south. You know, okay, he uses it on a the south. Then you see once you see that, you put it in the bank. I pull stuff out from like six, seven years ago where I see a deer do something, and then another buck does the same thing, and it only takes me twice or three times seeing it. The, the true killers see it once and they go and then they kill. I'm the guy that's like, I got to verify that what I've seen wasn't just a fluke. Let me put 19 it, cameras it, on that. It's burned me multiple times by doing that. So that's something that me and homie were talking about last year is once we see something happen, we need to try to jump on it as quickly as possible. Yeah, that was one that was one me and Parker were talking about this year is like, like so do you ice fish at all yeah yeah so you know like hole hopping yeah when yeah yeah so for anybody who doesn't ice fish um one of the one of the ways you can ice fish which is extremely uh useful and beneficial is hole hopping instead of like a lot of people think you drag a shanty out there you set it up and you fish in that hole well it's if you ain't catching shit it's really boring so what you do is drill 10 holes and you hole hop and once you find fish, you fish there till you catch them and then they're not there. Then you hole hop again, you keep going. So, um, this year during the rut one day, I was, we were talking about, you know, if the, if you're in, if you're near a hot dough, you're, you're in it right during the rut. And if you're not, yeah. you're not like, like, it seems like the deer kind of like, if you picture a bunch of kids running around on a soccer field and the hot dough is the ball, like that's the deer, right? They're just yeah. moving with the ball. Um, so I was, so I told him, I, I tried it one day and it didn't work, but I also rechecked my cameras and it didn't matter anyway that it didn't work, but I, I moved across my entire property to four stands in one day. So, you know, I just kind of planned out a route based on what I thought might happen and just stand hopped. Um, and I didn't, I didn't kill anything. Um, I saw some deer. I didn't jump any deer between the stands or anything like that. And I was very meticulous in the, in the path that I took from one stand to the other, you know, just to make sure I wasn't really crossing deer trails that I thought they would be using, you know? Um, but it was kind of like morning was like kind of on the entry to a bedding area. Midday was more of a, of a pinch point funnel. Same thing for the next midday sit was more of a pinch point funnel. And then the evening was kind of a, a exit out of generally a, a thick area that was going to a food source. 
So, I mean, it's kind of like what you're looking for and, and the property had that, that I was hunting. So I kind of planned that out, but, uh, but yeah, I just thought it was, I thought it was an interesting way to go about it. Um, and I was really hoping it was going to be successful. <laughs> yeah. It's been an awesome story for sure. She right. Like, yeah. Yeah. On my like, third stand, you know, the third midday setup, you'd feel like a genius if it worked out. So right? I don't exactly. think that's a bad idea at all. If you got the property to lay it out. Um, one thing you did learn is you learned, a, you know, a whole bunch about what's going on in the property during that time period by hunting that many different spots. So that's something we fail. We fail at is, when you're when it's the rut and you're like okay anything can happen anything that's what you keep saying anything can happen and you're stuck in an area and you're like man this spot's been consistently good or i seen a buck here yesterday or and it's just not happening there you know what i mean I, we get caught in that trap of it could happen any second and you don't want to get down and move or you don't want to say man maybe i should take this evening or this midday and scout instead of setting a stand uh there's multiple times that I've been like, man, I should move over there. I should probably get down and move over there and try that out. And then either a camera shows me or I see a buck go in that area. And last year it, it happened so frequently that I was like, I'm never doing this again. If it, if <laughs> it happens, it we're going, you know what I mean? So um, that's something that we have to change, but I like that idea because you could learn so much and if you have a, a bigger piece or you're trying to figure out a piece and you are a father or have limited hunting time it's really hard to learn a piece with 10 days so it's almost impossible you need then it's going to go into like years it's going to take you yeah. years to really fill it out yeah. so if you can get if you can have 10 hunts out there and say you hunt your three best stands those 10 times you know and then instead of hunting 10 different places those 10 times mm -hmm. your chances of killing might have been better in the three stands but you're going to learn so much more by those 10 sets all yeah. over the place you're gonna be like okay this side is complete trash there's nothing going on over there i gave it two or three sets and you can just exit off the map and when you do that on a big scale it we did that with cameras this year even we tried a whole bunch of different spots and we were like, okay, this is no good. This is no good. And we physically have a map and we X'd it out. So we know like there's nothing going on over here. There's no sign. There's no, you know, no deer on this deer in general on camera, very few yeah. deer in general on camera. Cause we, we went all public. So we had, we were dealing with so much space Mm -hmm. that we weren't used to we had to do something to to make it happen and by spreading out like that we were able to our counter on number one and almost kill him for the second year in a row on public um and then i ended up killing a buck the next day by moving on what he did so we seen him do something we moved hunted there the next morning he was there at first light. Another shooter buck was doing the exact same thing he was doing the next day at first light. And I killed him. So yeah, those, if you see big deer doing big deer shit, you got to go. There. <laughs> so <laughs> That's something that we're still trying to pound in our heads too, because it's so hard what you pack in a stand, you're all set up, or maybe you have a preset stand and 90 yards away. You're like, man, there's, 
third time I've seen a buck over there. Yeah, and you're like, uh, may, you know, he maybe he'll get on a doe and come back instead of just moving over there. I, right, just get your ass people, down and go. Yeah, it's just takes time. You're missing in stand time, you know, and mm-hmm. it's work. It's a lot of work to get down, move over there. It is. Dude, that is that is probably like one of the number one stoppers is the amount of effort. But yeah, then you're the like, other... I'm all set up. I got my yeah. shooting lanes. If I go over there, I'm not gonna have shooting lanes. I'm not gonna have anything set up. And it's, it's funny be... because like you you're when you're when you're looking at that stand that you set up <laughs> and and you're going to it, you're like, this is the stand. All you're thinking about is like the positives and you're like, yeah, this is it. This is it. Yeah. You know, this is where it's at. And then you see all those deer over there and you're like, man, if I get down, one's going to come walking through yeah, when I'm climbing. That was just a fluke. <laughs> so right, we hunted, yeah. we hunted 18 days straight, all public land this year. Okay. And it was the 17th day and we had set up. And we seen a shooter at about like 8:30 on the opposite ridge, probably 250 yards. And we were, I was like, man, we should probably go over there. Um, he was working a doe. I was like, we know there's a hot doe over there. We should probably go over there. 50 minutes later, another shooter over there. We were like, oh man, we're we're gonna go there tomorrow. Like, we're gonna go there tomorrow. We'll be set up. We get a mobile pick. Ah, no, we're going back to where we were. We're going back to where we were. <laughs> Next day, 18th day out there, shooter buck on that opposite ridge where we said we were going to go on the, doing the exact same thing those other two were the day before. Yeah. So three shooters in two days where we should have been. But we learned, you know, we could see it yeah. and learn. Well, now I, I, I can tell you where you're, where, where you're going to sit next year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're, we're definitely, <laughs> that spot wasn't even on our radar. Um, that's another thing that we did this year that I liked is we pick spots. Like, you ever had those days where you're like, man, the wind's not very good. I don't know exactly where we want to go. I'm not, I don't have a really solid plan. I didn't plan we're, for a southeast wind. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was all we had. It was terrible. I was like, what Awful. is this? It was 85, like, 15 of the eight day, 18 days we hunted. Yeah. And uh, we still seen bucks at first light. We still seen bucks, but um, it was the worst rut hunting I've ever had in my life. But uh, anyways, we sat in areas where we could see a long ways. So people say like observation sets. Yeah. We sat in areas where we believe that we could kill, but we were just trying to learn about this property. So we could see like a thousand yards, 500 yards in each direction. Yeah, and we'd be like, okay, there's a deer over there, deer over there. Put that in the bank. There's the buck over here, <clears throat> and we sat there two days and put the pieces together. And like I said, now that opposite ridge that doesn't have any sign on it didn't really look like a lot going on. There's three shooter bucks in two days on it, so we know that we need to run a cam over there and we need to hunt that. And if we would have set in a spot where we couldn't see that ridge we never would have known. Yeah. So if you, if you kind of have a bullshit, a bullshit set, what we call them, like some people say, if you're a killer, you never have a bullshit set, but it's hard to never have a bullshit set. Like you got That's, the wrong man, you're running yeah. late or something Just set up somewhere where you can gain some knowledge of what is going on. And just, and just put it in. I, that is like 
having an observation set or a bullshit set is one of the hardest things for me to do mentally. Like I'm it like, no, like, like I'm not in the game. I'm not, I know. I'm not yeah. Skill. I'm not yeah. in the game. I need <clears throat> to be in the game. And I, and I, but I know that I need to do it more because when you go in on like a precise location, like if, if you have that observation sit, let's just say, you know, you can gain a hundred percent information on the area from the observation sit. You go in on that precise, um, that surgical set, you get in there and you may not see a deer and you gain 20% of the information that you would have from yeah. the op, but you, you do have the possibility to kill, but if you don't kill, you don't really learn anything because it might, might not have just been that night that the deer didn't yeah. come through that small window that you're looking yeah, at. Like if a lot of people are hunting buck bedding and if I hunt buck bedding every now and then, um, pretty seldom, but if the conditions are right, I will. Uh, but most of the time it's tight. You could see maybe 60, 70, 80 yards at most. Yeah. You're on kind of a ridge or where a thick point comes to an opening or, you know, you're trying to play an edge where you can't see a lot. And I'm not talking like setting on ag. We don't, we never set on ag. We're just finding like high points or <clears throat> like cattail swamps, you know, that are flat, flatter that you can see in. Um, that's what we're seeing our success but if you're going in on those kill stands and you kill the deer it's awesome but if you aren't going in on those kill stand or you go in there and he's not there you know you can see 60 70 yards you've seen two squirrels and you're like man i don't know if he's in here i don't know if he's not in here might be the wrong yeah. wind he's not here there's always an excuse why the deer wasn't there mm -hmm. um i'm the same way oh, it's too hot the wind was <laughs> off a little bit you know, he's going to be here in the morning. There's always something. Yeah. And uh, those, if you have, if you feel like you got good chances, never back out on one of those strategic sets. But mm -hmm. if you, if you do have kind of like a bullshit set, go somewhere where you can see some ground and learn, yeah. learn about what, if you're hunting public, learn about what other hunters are doing, where they're mm -hmm. at. Uh, no, one of the, one of the, one of the really nice things this year with, with all those South winds we had just day after day after day was you could, you could have a bullshit set and know that tomorrow is going to be the same type of conditions. So it's likely the deer will travel in the same patterns, yep. you know? And like one of the, like, if I have four or five days to hunt, I don't worry so much about giving up a set. If I have one evening or two evenings in a morning, then I yeah. worry more about giving up a set. You know, if I like, like I, so my son's two years old and I was gone for a week in September. I regularly travel for work as well. And essentially like <laughs> from late October to the end of November, I hunted every weekend. I was gone every weekend. Um, and so I was kind of, I would have generally I'd leave on a Friday afternoon and I would come home on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday night, you know? And so you'd have three, two, maybe three evening sits and two morning sits. And yeah. so I'm always, and it seems like every time, every weekend you come back, the sea, like the patterns are changing or the deer are doing something different now. Right. And you're trying to figure it out as you go. And I can, I mean, you, you really see why a lot of these more successful hunters are hunting the same property year over year because yeah. like 
it takes, like you were saying, it takes so many years to figure it out or so many sits. I think it's, I think it sits across certain timeframes. Yeah. Um, like you need 50, 50 sits in the rut. Yeah. You know, and then you kind of, you are 20 sits, whatever it is. I don't know, but you need X amount of sits during a specific time frame. Then you understand what's going to happen during that time frame on that piece of property. And if you can do that in a shorter years, or like you said earlier, if you have to, oh, you only get 10 sits, maybe it's going to take you 10 years to really hammer that thing out. Whereas if you got 20 sits, it'll take you five years. Yeah. You know, um, but you can, yeah, you can see why like that historical knowledge is so important. And now, yeah, there's a couple of things that help you yeah. speed it up. Trail cams were huge on, they can help you, tr are the trail cams in my mind, they are not for killing deer this year. They're killing deer for next year. And that's how we utilize them. A lot of people don't do that. They put them out. They're trying to kill that deer this year. We're trying to kill that deer next year. So if that's we get a, a picture of our target it. buck, great. We get a little more intel, but we're running off last year's intel uh, to try to kill that deer. And any trail cam data that we get is put in the bank. It's all archived and uh, like, even doe travels archived to where, okay, the does are still doing the same thing. They're coming out of this corner. They're going down. We like, we got, we got a spot called the hot corner, pop a little, you know, a little memory bank on your computer folder, hot corner, put all the pictures of deer coming out of that hot corner. You know, you don't have to do every doe, but if you have a doe during the days you're going to be hunting that did something last year, throw it in that bank then go back in there and be like, okay, I'm going to hunt the hot corner. We're going there. Look at the last two years. What was the best days in the hot corner? Okay. It was this wind. Then you can make your game plan. So if you can't do a lot of sits, trail cameras are your best friend. And then scouting and observation sets seems like you're wasting time, but you are not wasting time. You are gaining leaps and bounds instead of just going and hunting somewhere. Unless you, like you said, if you got a gut feeling that this is it, you got to go for it. You can't not do that. But if you're like, man, I don't know, he might be here. I'm just going to give it a shot anyways. Uh, maybe you ain't got nothing solid on cam. You ain't got a lot going on. You got to you gotta just be like, okay, I'm going to scout this afternoon or I'm going to run cams this afternoon or I'm yeah. going to do something. But it's really hard to give up one of those hunts because we're in the same boat. We're weekends only. And then this year we took two weeks off straight. Um, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that at least for a couple of years until I get some more vacation time, but we saved all our vacation and, and just ripped it. And it, be honest with you, it was, it was tough. It was, it was a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. Those guys that are hunting every day out there really like going after it. Everybody's like, man, that'd be an awesome job. It'd be a dream job, man. It's, it's a lot more work than you think if you're doing it the way we start, we were It's just, oh, yeah. it's a lot. Dude, I was, I was talking to uh, a few like Heartland bow hunter, talking to them and even some of the hunting public guys, even offline talking to them. And they were, uh, I was like, so how do, how do you prepare for like all day sits or when do you choose to do all day sits? And they're like, dude, we hunt so much. Like it's rare that I do. It's very rare that an all day sit occurs because yeah. I'm in the woods for 10 hours a day, every day. <laughs> just get so burned out we did we yeah. did a lot of all day sets but we were trying to bank as much as we could 
in that two weeks. And it kind of makes you almost set yourself up for failure because you put so much high hopes on this two weeks. And like I said, I killed a nice buck, but it still was a failure because we didn't kill the buck we were after, you know? And uh, sure. you put so much, like, all year you're planning on these two weeks, these two weeks, these two weeks, you know? And then you put so much emphasis in that time frame and it doesn't happen. It's like your season's over, but you still have a month and a half of hunting left. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I don't suggest doing that. I suggest if you have vacation, like this is what I'm doing this year. I have vacation. Um, I'm going to look at the weather. We got a cold front coming up. I'm going to hop on a long weekend. Or I'm going to hunt a Thursday or something. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. instead of taking a full week, because we took that full week scheduled from the beginning of the year and then it was 85, you know, for right. nine days, 10 days. So uh, <clears throat> it was definitely challenging to say the least. And you can always say like, oh, it'd be different. But if we had highs in the 40s and we hunted that much time, no, tell them what we were on deer. We were on an ass load of deer, you know what I mean? And we still yeah. seen, I mean, we seen a mid 190 class deer on public that we were trying to kill. You know what I mean? It was a very good time, but we didn't kill him. And I feel like we would, he just wasn't moving as much. I feel like he'd have been moving a lot more if like was he colder. was in the past years. If he was, it was colder. Yeah. No. And that was going to be my next question is like, if, if, if you can take time off, you know, if you have four days to take off or let's just say five days, you have a full week to take off. Do you do, you know, five, three day weekends, or, you know, maybe a couple four day weekends, or do you do, you know, the full five days? And I think like to mitigate the risk, kind of like a bullshit sit to mitigate that risk, you don't put all your eggs in that one week. Cause if that one yeah. week just sucks and it's rain and cold all week, you know, maybe you're not going to see Dick. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened to us, man. We were out there and <clears throat> setting all day and seeing like two deer. Mm -hmm. you know i it just in the year before we were seeing like 15 and like yeah. three or four shooters you know, yeah. just, right it was demoralizing to say the least and uh, <laughs> i would i would definitely pick some long weekends uh it's it's pretty cool the our my buddies from last breath uh they compiled like every time that they killed a buck and it's almost always on a weekday that they kill buck so because <laughs> there's a cold front so i would say sure if you can if you don't have to schedule them we get those days just plan around the cold fronts you see a cold front coming out two three days out say hey yeah. boss i might take that this 10 day forecast off. man yeah the 10 day and, forecast uh, should be a, a morning wake up don't check your instagram don't check your snapchat don't check your facebook yeah. pop open that weather app i use wonderground look out 10 days is there a cold front coming yeah, I my first thing is mobile cams. I wake up, I check my mobile cams. <laughs> it's, it's more addicting than any social media. <laughs> oh, for for sure. Um, I uh, I actually so we have a mobile cam on the driveway to our property, and it seems like so. I was down there two weekends ago, and this is my last. So tomorrow, um, I have a man, I had a half day. And then this one, I'm in sales, this one customer that I've been trying to get forever called me up. And he was like, Hey, man, your competitor is really screwing me on price. 
can you help me out? I need help. Um, can you show this to me again and show this to my leadership? And um, I need to make a recommendation on Monday. The only time I have to do this though is between two and five on Friday. And I'm like, come on, dude. (laughs) That's prime time. I know. I was like, Christ. I was like, all right, let's do like a two to three o'clock and we'll try to get it done before three. Is that cool? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. That should be enough time. So anyway, I have, I have this Friday and then Saturday and we got a big snowstorm rolling in on Saturday. I'm sure you're going to get it too. um, Saturday and Sunday. So that's kind of the end of the end of my season, but with this cell cam, I, I went two weekends ago, I checked like four of my better cameras and it seemed like the deer were coming through in spurts. Like I'd get a bunch of pictures for two, three days. Then I'd get nothing for two, three days, four days. And I get a bunch of deer for two, three days, then nothing for four days. And I'm trying to, and at the same things happening with my cell camera on the driveway, I'll get deer coming into the property at two, three, 4 AM. And one day or two days in a row. And then I won't get them for four or five days. And then I'll get them again at two, 3 AM. So I'm thinking, I'm trying to like in my head go, okay, can I match that up? And when I get a mobile pick from our driveway and there's deer, it's like, okay, I need to go because now they're in the property. I know. And especially if they're coming into the property at 3 AM, they're very likely betting on the property. So they're in there and I need to get in there and hunt. And and just right now, um, I started a new job six, seven months ago. So I've been pretty cautious about like, just being like, Hey guys, I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's tough. Well, we can't do that at our job either. You got to kind of plan that stuff out. And, uh, you, we have way too much responsibility for what we got going on. So they got to plan us being gone, but there's definitely yeah. times where I'm like, Hey, like, can I roll out an hour early? Uh, Illinois almost changed the daylight saving times rule this year. And if they do that, think of how many more evenings that you could have for working guys to hunt. You know, oh, if it didn't get that daylight savings time, if it didn't get dark an hour earlier, you'd have an extra hour every day. Cause there's always that factor like, ah, daylight saving times hits your, your evening hunts are done during the week. You can't yeah. sneak out after work, leave the kids at daycare That's like, yeah. to sneak out. So I was really jacked if Illinois was going to do that this year and then they end up not doing it. So Hopefully I didn't know that was like an option. <laughs> yeah, they were thinking about opting out. And I was super jacked. I was like, dude, if they do that, I mean, in November, you could get evening hunts in. You're going to have yeah, a whole other week. hour. After work. During the yeah. week, you know? So uh, you get you get off work 20 minutes early, you can be like, oh, yeah, I'm going. And if you get off work at, you know, 3 o'clock, you're lucky to even be home by the time it's dark. You right, know what I mean? yeah. So, Dude, that is like the best part about early season is you get off work and you're like, oh, I got four and a half hours before it gets dark. Yeah, I can get out. (laughs) Yeah, So, you know, you get down to that like two and a half hour mark. You're like, I could, I could hunt an edge. I could get out there. Right. And that's, that's what it is for us. We just, you know, everybody wants to kill, but we, we love getting out there, man. It just, there's a drive to, to get out there and absorb the knowledge because you just, you want to get better at your, you know, your craft, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And this, I consider this my craft. I, I love killing big deer. And yeah. the last breath guys asked me if I could, what was it? 
I couldn't hunt all year. I could only eat one thing all year and, or I couldn't hunt all year. And I was like, I'm eating one thing all year. Like, <laughs> right. I get out there doing something. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I'm just, th- I was thinking about like, so I got, so on Friday, if I get done with that call at three, I leave and I get there at four 30 is the, where I'd be at the property. I was just like, man, I'm just pretty much, I don't even know if I'm going to go to a stand like, and try to climb up in a stand and set up my camera gear and stuff. I'm certainly not going to do that. I'm just going to try yeah. to, maybe I'll just get out there and post up against a tree, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, somewhere man. where I think they might come by. I know multiple people that kill deer on the ground every year I, with a bow. I just, I can't, I haven't done it. I've killed a doe on the ground one time early October and I've never killed anything else on the ground with a bow. So it's just not something I've ever done and I don't feel comfortable doing it, but man, people do it all the time. So, yeah. Oh man, I've, I've done it. I've done it twice with does, but both one time it was set up and I, and I did it proper and I, and I was, it was what I was expecting and all that. The second time it was during the rut and I was just moving from one spot to another. And I just happened yeah. to like, I don't know, maybe I've, farted and laughed about it and then looked over and there was a doe standing there like oh shit yeah (laughs) but all of a sudden I stopped and yeah there she was um yeah so the I mean we way onto that that tangent and that conversation yeah but you mentioned so right away you mentioned you bought some really warm gear that you like what'd you get I bought uh the prize suit from Badlands oh yeah yeah I've heard of I've never I had never tried it. Don't have any friends who had it, but I heard it's pretty sweet. <laughs> if you've got cold, if you have cold gear, I, I've never wore Sitka. I never tried Sitka. I know that people rave about it's cold weather, you know, gear, but I've never tried it. I bought the Badlands. Um, I had a coupon. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a coupon guy. I had a coupon to get it a little bit cheaper. So, uh, I told my wife, I said, I'm buying nice boots and I'm buying uh, what, late season gear. Uh, when I killed, the reason Mr. Freeze is called Mr. Freeze is because I froze trying to kill the deer hunting late <laughs> season because I just get really cold. I I go through like a hundred hand warmers a season. My hands get cold, <laughs> my toes get cold and uh, the price suit was a game changer. So one of the best hunts for me with that suit was I want to say it was like the 12th of November and it was pouring rain and 40 and I was out in it completely fine wind like 30 mile an hour wind and I was seeing deer move in the rain yeah 30 mile an hour wind 40 degrees and I'm out there like just Chilling. chill just the bibs on just the bottom not even the jacket um it's just nice and it, it got wet, of course, and, you know, had to go in the dryer, but it's just, it kept the water off me. And then hunting late season, uh, I would pack it all in and it folds up pretty good. And then I yeah. put the bibs on when I, after I got hung and uh, just keeping your core warm, you know, having an extra bib layer and then yeah. putting a jacket over the top of it, if it gets really cold, it was definitely the nicest i felt because most of the time i'm out there just out there shivering oh yeah just shaking the last 30 minutes i I gotta make it and this year i'm like oh it's dark already 
damn, you know, it was, and then my boots also, I just, I bought, I, I hate like big, heavy, clunky boots. I just, I don't like them. So I bought some lightly insulated boots and my feet stayed warm, but most of the time I wore like thin rubbers or something just cause I don't, I didn't like, I don't like thick boots. I'm not, I, Dude, I, I'm, I like I'm to walk boat, a lot. Like, yeah. I'm in, I'm in the same boat. Like my buddies who have like the thousand gram or 1200 gram, yeah, like cross boots and they're just an ogre walking through the woods. I am not a yeah. fan. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I'm not the most like graceful person anyways. So if I, walk, <laughs> if I carry those boots, I would fall. I, I fall multiple times every year as it is. So, yeah. Yeah. No you know, sure. if I had those giant things on, I'd fall. <laughs> Dude, I got a, yeah, I got a buddy who's uh he's probably six, three, probably in the neighborhood. I haven't asked him what his weight is exactly, but probably in the neighborhood of like 260 to 270 and he goes dude have you ever tried out these aiders for these climbing sticks oh boy i'm like no i haven't i you know he's like well i'm gonna get three of these xop sticks and you can get like aiders with them and then i don't need to get a fourth one you know and it's cheaper to do it that route i was like go for it dude tell me how it goes he goes out there and the first night he's climbing out of his stand in the dark, he sets him up all is good. He's like, you got, there's a little swing, a little sway to him and you kind of got to get used to him. <laughs> yeah. He's climbing down and his boot gets stuck in the bottom one. And he oh, starts man. trying to hop out of it and he wears them big old fucking lacrosse things. <laughs> yeah. He, starts, big he finally comes loose. He falls and he falls on his bow. Oh, and he God. was just like, <laughs> shit, you know? <laughs> Six two six three two hundred sixty pounds falling on his brand new VXR and he's oh, like man. shit. So he's takes it home and he was all he was freaking out about it because he was like, dude, I think I don't know if I broke anything. Like if I cracked a limb, like I'm pretty afraid to draw it. <laughs> yeah. Know? Thankfully, you know, no issues or anything. But yeah, that boot got caught <laughs> right in that aider and um, he just went for went for a little dip. And as I wish I would have seen that. Cause it would have been a good time. <laughs> yeah. I, I run four minis with no aiders yeah, most of the okay. time. So I hunt like 12, 14 foot. Yeah. Uh, I did run, I run, a, I ran a base aider for a while. I don't like it at all. Uh, so I did stop running it. Yeah. I tried like mini, some of the, like the mini XOPs. Uh, no, I bought the Hawks just cause they're so okay. Cheap. Yeah. Yeah. The mini yeah. Hawks. Sure. Cause they, yeah. those just came out this year, right? They were. Yeah. 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 If anybody's buying gear, no matter what you get, uh, if you want to start mobile hunting, but a double step when you hang your stand dude, is no one ever talks about how awesome that is. You know what I mean? Like you, if you have a, you know, a side-by-side -side step going up like an XOP or a lone wolf, oh, something great. Yeah. But if you, if you could put something where you have, two steps at the top when you're going to step into that stand when you're hanging that stand so much nicer to be on that level ground and i never had a double step in my life really unless i was climbing into a ladder stand i had those this year and when i was hanging my stand i'm like wow this is this is nice i'm not right. like knees in my chest and the <laughs> other one's down you know 
I'm, Dude, I'm that long. one, your one calf just turns yeah. on fire. Yeah, the one you gotta like switch what leg you got the pressure on. Yeah, just, yeah. But with that double step, uh, you know, you can lean back and hang that stand, and make makes it pretty nice. So whatever gear you're running, if you can try to have that one top stick be a double step, mm-hmm. uh, definitely helps out. Yeah. So like that's why that is literally I have the long wolf steps, and for me. Like one of the things about gear is like good gear doesn't necessarily go bad. And same way you got yours used like off Craigslist or marketplace or whatever. Like I bought and, and right now in the spring, you can find awesome deals because there ain't no one else looking and other people are looking to get rid of to upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up getting, um, a lone wolf, a stand and sticks, for I think 200 bucks off of Craigslist one year. Like, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was, it was awesome. Turns out the dude got it through a sponsorship anyway. So he was like, I got it for free. I'm just trying to, I'm getting the new one. I'm just trying to get rid of this for somebody yeah. else. You know, it was pretty cool. It was a good interaction. Um, but uh, so I got those and they were single sided steps. Right. So I was like, man, I really kind of want to get. I want to get a little bit smaller ones because those lone wolves that are like three feet long, they kind of hang off the back a little bit more yeah. and they can catch on more and whatnot. It's like, I just want to try something else. So I ended up buying another, I bought a lone wolf and the muddy pro sticks off yeah. of Craigslist. And that was like 300 bucks, but I sold the stand for like 150 or 160, I think. So then the, the sticks ended up costing me 140 and I think brand new, or the sticks ended up costing me 120 and brand new. They're like 160 or something like that. I don't know. I didn't pay full price as I, I just, that's what yeah. I remember. <laughs> um, so, and they have the double step and it was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, so the guy I hunt with homie, you know, my podcast partner, yep. he, uh, he runs the lone wolf sticks and lone wolf stand and he has the single steps. So what we were doing a lot of times is if we wanted to get a little bit higher, we'd carry one lone wolf and then the four minis and oh, put sure. the lone wolf on the bottom step. And then, uh, because most of the time the base of the tree from the, you know, the, where your first step, that's the straightest part of the tree. So you have that long step, mm-hmm. you can get that on there. And then you have the smaller steps to weasel your way up into yeah. something. That so is a great that, point too. We did that all year. We, cause we hunt together 90% of the time. So we did that all year and uh, he would carry the one stick and I'd carry the other four on my setup and we just rip. And then we get to the stand, he'd hang that one. And we always did whoever's hunting is the hanger and whoever's filming doesn't have to hang cause he's filming. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but yeah, that's what yeah, we yeah. did. Uh, and it worked out pretty good. Uh, and then the lone wolf uh, sticks, the straps were a little bit longer also. Yeah. Uh, so they worked on the base of the tree a little bit better. Cause that's something that we ran into a lot is you want to get in a tree and you get over there and your strap's six inches too short. Yeah. So you gotta, we always run a ratchet strap to hold the backpack on our stand. So we always just use the ratchet strap. Oh, sure. As an extra. We, yeah. If yeah. I've seen, it. I've actually seen guys that just like carry rope and they'll just, you know, make two, take a piece of rope, make two loops on each end. And then they'll just, 
they'll just add, you know, whatever, yeah. however many feet they need. It's pretty much yeah. like using your bow rope, like cut a few feet off your bow rope, throw it on there. Yeah, there's, um, I've had there's to do guys that out there using rope mods and guys are getting pretty fancy with their <laughs> stuff. Man. It's cool to see. I, I just stick with easy and not complex and what's work. So I Dude, just use I, straps. I, I'm not a fan of ratchets at all, though. I do not like ratchet straps in the no, woods. <laughs> I don't. There's nothing louder than a ratchet strap at 6 a.m. It's like, oh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I would, I would wholeheartedly agree with that I, I use ratchets on all my permanent stands yeah so do we yeah but if i'm like i mean if i'm running like i so i have a saddle if i'm running a saddle obviously i'm not running a ratchet at all and if i'm running i have a lone wolf setup and then i bought the big game has a big game tree stands or river's edge i can't remember i think it's river's edge maybe they're the same company i can't remember either way i bought like this off-brand like it looks kind of like a lone wolf, but it's not a lone wolf. Um, and what makes a huge difference is actually, so like this tree stand, it has um, two, like the, the, the bar from the platform to the seat is actually two bars rather than one right in the middle. You know what I mean? Like, like your hawk yeah. has and like a lone yeah. wolf has is that one right in the middle. So when you're hanging that thing, you can take your hand and you can grab that one single bar and just push it up against the tree and wrap your strap around and pull it tight and you're good to go. But if it's, if it's with that big game or river's edge with the two bars, there is nothing to grab in the middle. So I have to grab the left side or the right side. And then the other side sags off. It's actually kind of a, it's a nice stand and it's comfortable, but it's, it's definitely more of a pain to hang than than a lone wolf or a single bar stand yeah that's that's stuff that you don't find out until you buy it you know i mean you just gotta buy it and be like okay this is not gonna work or this is (laughs) and that's something we do like when i bought this stand i hung it and took it down in my backyard probably like eight times like i don't like this i bought some of those uh buckless straps with the webbing that you just put over the versa button sure yeah, oh, and, I think I I think I know what you're talking about. You just like yeah, I got one. I got one. Right it's like here. an Amsteel mod, is what some yeah. people call it. It's something like that, where you just slide this right in. Big okay. long strap. But yeah, I, I did yeah. not like them at all. And uh, <clears throat> if I would have took that full setup in the woods and tried to do it, I would have been so frustrated. <laughs> I probably <laughs> wouldn't even have hunted. So I did it out in my backyard at night and hung. Like I would, you know, going out there and I bought those and I was like, yep, pitching these. (laughs) I just were, you know, I still got the one. Um, I ran it on my bottom step sometimes just, just cause it was, it was there, but uh, the bottom step isn't bad. Once you get higher than that, it's pretty tough to judge how much you gotta, so you gotta push the stick up and lock it and then slide it down. So it's hard to judge how much you have to slide it down. And then yeah. if you wear gloves and you're trying to slide it into those slots, it, it doesn't happen very easy. So you got to try no. this stuff out at home, you know what I mean? And in, in your backyard or whatever you got to do. And I do it at night just because most of the time, if I'm hanging a stand, it's at nighttime, it seems. Right. Yeah. You're getting it set. Yeah. That's yeah. another thing I do is if I'm ever like testing something out or I'm going to a very new spot, 
I won't go there. I'll go in at gray light <laughs> or I'll yeah. go or I'll yeah. wait for an afternoon hunt. Because there's like nothing in. worse than getting set up in a tree just to look around and all your shooting lanes are cut off. <laughs> yeah, we always go in dark as hell. And then by the time pray. we're getting set up, after we've decided what tree we want to get into in a new area, it's almost gray light. <laughs> right? You're like, just quick, take- hang this fucker. And yeah. uh, why don't you put a, why don't you put an arrow on your bow just in case? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much uh, when we ha- had our encounter uh, with our shooter, we walked in to hang in one area and we got there and I was like, ah, let's go 150 yards deeper so we could see more and kind of do a BS, uh, you know, set. And yeah, we were in the stand about eight minutes before he came out. So, I mean, we could have been set up for eight minutes and killed a mid one nineties class on public, you know, right then. So it's right. Having, having a system and having an idea of what you got going on with your gear before you go out there is, is key Mm -hmm. because we're always late, no matter what we're just, we just run. (laughs) I think it's, I think it's, I think it's because we think it's, I don't know. Dude, I don't, I don't know a single, I don't know a single hunter who's like, yeah, man, I'm always on time. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm way early in my stand. Like, no, I'm like hustling. I'm driving right? 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. Like, I got to save these minutes, man. <laughs> For sure, dude. And there is there is definitely something to be said about, like, getting comfortable with a setup. Something, like, that's easy to use. You don't. I think a lot of people do all those mods and whatnot. Well, before I get to that thought, I, there's something to be said about getting a setup and just, like, knowing it. And just like yeah. inside and out, you know what the hell is going to happen. You know how this shit's going to work and you know how you're going to set it up. You get to a tree and you instantly can visualize exactly how this is all going to happen, you know, yeah. and you know where it's all going to be at. So I, there's definitely something to be said about that. And that goes for not just like tree stand setups, but even like your bow, like when you draw your bow back to know exactly where that back wall is, exactly when your release is going to go off, all that yeah. information. I know a lot of people talk about surprise shots and it's just, that to me is like, if you're shooting a trigger, you know, when that thing's going to go, like your brain just understands and you need to yeah. just like somehow compensate for it. And I'm not a professional archer by any means. So I'm going to get off that subject and not even talk about it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm definitely but... not a professional. Archer <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm sure people are like, what? No, every shot's supposed to be a surprise. Cause that's what Levi Morgan said. And I'm just like, I, I totally get that. That's how it's supposed to be. But I just, it does. That's not how I'm, I'm not there. Yeah. yeah. I'm not there yet, man. But, uh, but the, I think one of the reasons people do a lot of the mods for their gear is like, you want to, you want to participate in hunting somehow. You don't have the time to get out to the property and do some management. You don't have the time to go walk. You're like, what can I do? Or or what is like a controlled process that I can do? It's like, oh, I can do mods. I can add am steel chains. I can, you know, cut my sticks down and re you know, drill a hole and, and make them two feet instead of two and a half feet, save me some yeah. weight. I can camo them up with some stealth strips, you know, and whatnot, but you can do those mods because you can. But then like I had one friend do a mod, he cut his lone wolf sticks down and then he was climbing up with them and they kicked out on him because he didn't oh, like God. reposition the brackets properly. Yeah. And it's like, I don't Yeah, There's definitely some danger. I just think guys are naturally tinkers. We like to mess with our stuff and Dude, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of the opposite. I like to have something that works and I normally just keep it. <laughs> Dude, yeah. <laughs> I'll try stuff and if it works, I'll be like, okay, but I like to just have something that I'm like, okay, this is solid. 
and I don't mess with it. Once it's at its point of good that I like, it stays there. Uh, right. But a lot of guys yeah. just like to make stuff better. And uh, <clears throat> it's just like me. I come out in my garage and you want to do something. And most of the time my stuff's around hunting. So I'm like, well, what, what can I do that, you know, will be around hunting that would, you know, take up some time. And a lot of times mine's like, formatting SD cards or making sure all the batteries out of my cameras or, you know, organizing this or organizing pictures. And uh, a lot of other guys are, I'll mess with my stand just for something to do. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know one of the things that I do need to work on is like my, my backpack setup, essentially like how that works. Cause one of my objectives in this coming fall is to be able to walk to a tree and not have to take my backpack off at all and just like be able to like reach back, grab a stick and start going and just like work my way up the tree without having to take my backpack off. I just have my rope, my bow rope, I hook it up and I just get going, you yeah, know, cause right. Be awesome. Right. I mean, yeah. that'd be, that'd be cool to do. And I need to just like <laughs> figure out how it's going to work for me. And I've seen it like on YouTube, but it's just like the way they have their system set up or whatever. is just like different for me. You know, so I yeah. want, that's one of my things to, to do. Cause I always end up getting there, take off my backpack, fuck around for five minutes, figuring shit out and then start getting my shit up. Yeah. Um, I which have is, a system where I, I go through, but the thing that really helped me is just like your backpack. Uh, you know, the stuff that you're going to need and just make sure it's stacked in the right order. That would help me out of that lot this year. Sure. Make sure the first thing you need when you get in the stand, like, What's the first thing you need when you get your sand? A bow hook or somewhere to put your backpack most of the time. So that's the first thing that I go for. And then I get that done. Now I got two hands and I'm not trying to hold a backpack and, you know, get up there. And then we run cameras. So I need my base. First thing is I need my base. That's on the top of my bag. It's one of the heaviest things that I carry, but it's on the top of my bag. It right, has to that's be. The first, yeah. Because that's the first thing I need. So I carry in a separate pocket then the rest of the stuff that's kind of separated is like a top pocket and then a pad and then a bottom pocket. So on my base on the top pocket, once I got the base on, you know, then I just go through the process of what I need. And then the last thing I do, which is the, I, the last thing I do is knock an arrow. <laughs> so it could be, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm, you know, I'm going into like one or two hanging. And the last thing I do, I'm in the stand for 20 minutes already and I'm knocking an arrow. I'm like, it's just when you're setting up camera gear and stuff, it just takes so long to get everything going and yep. set up. But I know how that nice goes, man. Two guys. If you got two guys, one guy's focused on the hunter is like done 15 minutes before <laughs> the dude set the And the hunter is there sitting there bitching about yeah. how noisy the cameraman is. Yeah. Like, can you stop moving yet? No. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're like, you got to run. So you put, you know, you put your base on, you put your arm on, you put your fluid head arm, you put your camera plate on, you put your camera on, you put your audio mixer on, you put two audios on. Then you're like, okay, I'm going to run the wide angle edge for the interview and then I'm going to switch to the long lens. <laughs> it's just like, you got a lot of steps you got to go through and you're like, okay, this audio has got batteries. This audio has got batteries. It's just, you got to go. It takes a long time. And then when you're by yourself, you have all that plus I got to get my bow off the ground. And get, <laughs> get right? set up, so. Dude, I, yeah, for sure. And especially if you're running a DSLR versus a video camera or yeah. a mirrorless, like 
that's exactly what you're saying. Like, okay, now I need two lenses or now I need, you know, there's just more to think about. I need to adjust yeah. all these different things. Um, which is a good lead in. Cause one of the, one of the things I was, uh, wondering about was you guys have like, I mean, how, like you guys have been filming your stuff for like three years now or something. Yeah. How is that? I mean, and you mentioned a lot of people are trying to get into it, uh, which they are. I mean, so many accessible platforms nowadays online. Um, how has that been going for you? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Are you happy you started filming or? Yeah, we, I absolutely love it. I know homie loves it probably more than I do. Um, we dove in hard uh, just to, to learn anything. It's fun for us, but there's so much to learn about filming. And like, you could, you could have a shot or something. You're like, man, it could have been better if I did this. So there's always room to improve. And that's something that I really like. Uh, that's why I like working out. That's why I like, um, I like reading. I'm like, man, I could have read a book, another book this month or something. You can always improve on something. So, uh, but yeah, that the camera gear, if you're wanting to do that, a lot of people say, oh, there's too many guys filming for YouTube or blah, blah, blah. I say, go for it. Buy something cheap. Uh, I would suggest if you want to film, and learn a lot about filming, buy a DSLR right off the bit and buy, uh, like I, uh, first camera I ran was the GH7 by Lumix. It's like a $400 camera. You can buy it for like 400 bucks. You probably get it cheaper than that used. And it's 4K, uh, it's a mirrorless. It has so many settings. Uh, you can do time-lapse, you can do night-lapse with it. You can do literally anything you see like the big guys do. Um, of course, it isn't going to be on their scale as good, but you can lay down some really good footage with that camera. Um, and then once you have the camera, it's going to come with a kit lens, uh, which you can get some, but glass is key. Get nice glass, save up over time. Once you get the glass, then people, it's just like a bow. People are like, man, I'm going to buy a bow. It's a thousand bucks. I'm going to have it for a couple of years. You got that glass forever. Like a, a yeah. good 2.8 focal glass is going to last you for the rest of your life if you take care of it. So it seems like a big investment at first, but if you're going to film for a while, you want to film your kids, you want to film your dad, you want to film your buddies, whatever you want to do. Uh, if you buy good glass, it's going to, it's going to last you. So if you need to, I can tell you from experience, if you need to justify it to your wife, for some reason, Christmas photos, family yeah. photos, I filmed, I filmed, uh, I film every Christmas. So I just run my camera on a tripod in the corner and we just yeah. watched one, uh, the other day. And, uh, it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool to watch your kids when they're two and one open presents. Uh, and I just put them all on SD card each Christmas and, you know, when I'm 50, I'll be able to look back and watch them. So that's, that was a good reason you can do it with a camcorder, cool. but you can take pictures with the DSLR and pictures are something that's super, you know, super cool in my mind that you can't do with a camcorder, but you can't, yeah. if you can't do, it, if you have a camcorder and uh, you can save pictures and you can get pretty neat with it. And uh, pictures sometimes is better for video, the video for memories, I think. You look at a picture and it brings back, you know, a thousand memories. And then you look at a video, it brings them all back. But 
it kind of you know i i totally get what you're saying because it, it like traps your brain in that moment and you don't <laughs> yeah like you don't your mind doesn't wander nearly as much as when you see a photo yeah and you remember you about everything I, that happened leading up to that photo when you're watching the video you're watching like what's going on right now yeah yeah for sure and 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 the thing that i like with people ask me like hey dude i have you know i'm looking to get into this what what should i buy it's like well what's your budget what do you want to spend you know because some people want to spend 200 bucks and some people are like i got two grand um yeah you know and it's it's like and then what do you want to do do you just want to film your hunts then get a nice camcorder man and yeah if, if that's all you want to do but if you want to be able to take photos too then get a get a mirrorless you know or get a dslr and don't spend all your money on the body spend you know probably a third to a third to half maybe on the body and then spend the rest on the glass on the lenses yeah so i run uh 900 glass on that 400 rig so yeah yeah so and that's a big like there's youtube videos on that you know yeah like running you know a 400 camera versus a you know two thousand dollar camera with the same glass and what's the difference and they're like to the average person and that's watching a youtube hunting video you ain't gonna gonna notice yeah dude yeah and if you run premiere pro properly like you would never even know (laughs) yeah now we run an esor and uh we still run the same glass on the sor that we run on the the other camera yeah (laughs) So we this would be our third third camera and like I said, just if you want to take pictures, get a DSLR. If you want to get into it and try it, don't let anybody talk you out of it. And uh, get your feet wet. And then if you like it, buy something more expensive like we did. My first full setup, like I said, I bought the Lumex used tree arm. I probably maybe had 450 and everything with a kit lens. Uh, that yeah. came with, you know, and, and, and I filmed the whole season on that and I realized what I needed and what I could improve on. And then I bought more and then I bought more and then you buy drones, <laughs> you buy two drones, you buy gimbals and <laughs> sliders and, but we're filming weddings now. So all that stuff that we, uh, that we bought for hunting has turned in. So people see our hunting stuff and then we filmed a beauty pageant we got asked <laughs> to film a beauty pageant from a friend of homies and that we did set we put like so much work and effort in this beauty pageant uh that we people have seen that and then we got weddings and then once we got you know the wedding the videos come from the wedding and then people come you know start asking for more homies really good at editing he takes a lot of good time um he's super creative and I I'm kind of creative on my shots too. And then we have another guy, Jesse, he helps us. So if we all three get together, Jesse's, he's incredible on a camera. Um, so if we all three get together, we can normally come up with something that's decent. And, uh, <laughs> the last wedding we did, uh, it's, it's pretty solid for a wedding video. Uh, we did a long form wedding video. So the whole thing, and then we did a hype video, we did a makeup video. We did uh, all a drone shot video for the place that they did it at. We did, homie does a bunch of stuff. And without him, I couldn't have the podcast or any of that. <laughs> and, 
and my film wouldn't be half as good because you got to have the guy on the other side that's pushing you to be better and that's my dude he's he yeah pushes me in everything fatherhood uh you know being physical fit running a camera you got to have a guy to get in this if you're going to get into this deep have a guy to push you and expire to be and the guy I aspire to be is the dude that does it right next to me. You know, podcast <laughs> so it's pretty awesome. Yeah. No. And having someone like that, just in life in general, <laughs> a, a good friend that's always pushing you and you're always pushing them back to, yeah. to just be better people. I think that's like, you rarely find somebody who is like a hermit and is a phenomenal person. Yeah. You know, it's just like, the, the, the whole you, gotta, you gotta find someone that, uh, that doesn't want to be better than you, but does want to be better than you. You know what I mean? Doesn't yeah, yeah, care yeah. if he wants to be better than you, but he wants to be better than you. And that's that's where we're at. Like, damn it, I'm going to do that because he did it. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's not – competition for guys is always good. A little bit of competition, I don't care what you say. It's always good to have a little bit of competition. Mm-hmm. And if you have a friend that never pushes you to do better – uh you need to find one that does because it'll, it'll make you a better person all around. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. In work, in life, with your family, yeah. with, with everything. Yeah. Cause if there's zero expectation and if, and you're just like, Hey hon, or do you love me? Are we doing good? Yeah. All right, cool. I ain't yeah. going to do any better than this. You know, <laughs> yeah, like no, there's man. nothing, you, you know, but go if, full if, in. yeah, you gotta, go, you gotta play all out, man. You gotta go full <laughs> in. That's right. right? What we do. We don't uh, leave anything out there. Try not to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, awesome, dude. Um, we're at like, I don't know, an hour and 10, hour 15 or something. And I know you're just getting over the Rona. So you're probably yeah, ready for I bed. I coughed a couple of times. Sorry about that <laughs> for your <laughs> listeners. I, <clears throat> I'm i on like day seven of the Rona. And uh, man, it kicked my ass day four and five there for, for real. So uh i was like i was always like i'm in the gym a lot you know my cardio is good i'm pretty healthy i eat healthy uh you know i got a really low body fat percentage i don't have any underlying health conditions so be straight up honest i was kind of cocky about like ah if i get it i'll have a fever for like a day and won't be a big deal but shit i got a humble pie which is good Uh, i need it (laughs) every now and then and this shit, it, it, it kicked my ass, man. It, you know, like it was, it was tough. There's, you know, where you didn't want to get out of bed, but hell, I got kids, so you got to get out of bed. But there's right. days where I was like, I could see if, you know, someone with health condition or someone that was old got this, it would be a really hard challenge because it was challenging me, you know? Yeah. We got a, we got three or four inches of snow and I shoveled my sidewalk and I was like, I'm done for the day. <laughs> that's, that's how bad it was. And I'm usually Damn. like work all day, go to the gym, come home, work out with the kids, stretch, you know, I, I'm, I'm in it. I'm ready to go. Uh, I like to live at like a hundred mile an hour and I've been living at like five mile an hour on this shit. So. Damn. Yeah, dude. I don't. So my wife and I got real sick in January of last year, right before like COVID, like, like became a big thing. So we don't know if we got it then or not, but both of us, like my wife is, is, is an elementary school teacher. So like germs are her friend. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and she brings that shit home every year for me. Um, yeah. 
and uh and she was out for like three or four days and then i was out for a day and it was just like you just felt like death and i don't know what that was like we were just we were sick with headaches and body aches and it was just a, not a good time. And I don't know, like, I would think that it was probably COVID before, like it became a thing and no one really tested for it. And we just thought we had the flu. So yeah. we just, you know, we we're just like, we got the flu, stay home, you know, keep everyone yeah. home, but uh, who knows? But yeah, that like, that is always humble pie when you get really sick and you're just like, yeah. fuck. You're like, man, sucks. I'm not as strong as I thought I was. <laughs> right? I'm always like, man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not 30 yet. I'm still, still my prime. You know, I, I'm still <laughs> rolling good. And then you get it and you're like, man, I'm just kick my ass, but I'm done. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I don't have no taste or smell. So I, I can't, I, anything you eat tastes like nothing for a week is pretty cool. So uh, <laughs> that's been almost the worst part. I like to eat my, you know, I like weird shit. I like grapefruits and, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> weird salads and shit. And I haven't been able to eat that kind of stuff because it just, you can eat it, but just doesn't have any taste. So you're, right, you're yeah. just going off pure texture. You're like, oh, this has got, makes you realize what textures are out there. You're like, oh, this has got a pretty <laughs> soft texture. <laughs> oh, for real. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, man, I, I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast, spending some time with me and, and it was a good session, dude, talking about all this stuff. It's good for like, almost like a reflection and then gear and, and rolling it into some camera stuff and whatnot. Like, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. So again, where can you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, yeah. White Tail Legacy podcast on any platform. Uh, you can listen to podcasts, uh, Instagram and Facebook and then all our videos are on Last Breath TV on their YouTube. Uh, we joined up with them on the video side this year. So if you guys want to check out any of our hunts we've been talking about for the public, uh, the encounter with Magnum PI, we call him. He's our big, big giant out there. Uh, that's over there. And then homie just had a late season hunt that was kind of cool, kind of unique. It just went up live. And uh, that's where all our video stuff will be. And uh, appreciate you ha having me on. And uh, chit chatting we'd like to have you on our show and kind of get the deer deer vein name out there and kind of get more <laughs> a little bit more about you and your style and it's what gonna you be going pretty on. boring man <laughs> nah, it's never boring you start talking it, it'll go good by then i'll be able to crack some bush lights and not feel like i'm dying so yeah, no shit. i'll be able I've to been... talk a little bit this might be the only podcast i've ever done that i haven't had a beer so that's saying something <laughs> damn covid yeah, dude, I've been working on this, uh, this bottle of Michter's. I'm, I'm trying to become a, a whiskey snob through these podcasts. It's like my one, uh, side hustle while I'm on here. Yeah. Every <laughs> time we kill a giant, we get a bottle of Woodford Reserve and we podcast on that. So nice. we got a couple bottles with uh, names of the bucks that we, that we, we killed and then we named the bottoms and then we set them up. So hopefully in 20 years, there's 20, giant bottles oh that's too. cool dude that's really cool yeah. i like that tradition i like that thought yeah uh it's about as crazy right. we get but awesome man i'm gonna i'm gonna end it thanks everyone for tuning in really appreciate it um and uh catch you next time <laughs>